just want everyone to hear the, the English. It says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Amen? To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. You see, today we are not using rebuke and reproof. We just get straight to the point. To show us what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. Then it will enable, it will equip you to do what is right so that you can do what God wants you to do. So this morning what I want us to talk about is the responsibility of an individual believer. The responsibility of each church member. Which means, by extension, as soon as you understand your responsibility, the expectation is that we will, as a collective, understand what is our responsibility. Amen. Now, we have spoken a lot about the responsibility of leaders. Haven't we? We have spoken a lot that leaders must not boss people. Must misuse their authority. We have shown in the word of God that Jesus forbids. He says, do not call others father and do not let others call you father from a perspective of spiritual authority and direction over your life. Yes. We explained that again. There's no confusion. There's where you can call people father, but you are forbidden to call them father when you put the, the father of all spirits and it is God. It is only God who can order where we go. As much as we are to obey, it must be in line with the word of God. Amen. So we've spoken a lot about that. But have we spoken about what is expected of you? I have seen a grievous danger in the country and in the church when freedom comes and responsibility is not clarified. 
There is chaos. There is disorder. There is contempt. There is indifference. People end up doing what they feel like doing. But that's a problem. Because when they start to do, and that's what God says, when you discover one truth from the word of God, you cannot from that truth develop your own truth. But that's what people do. Are you there? So I just want to graciously lay a foundation and align our thinking to what God has to say. Let's go to John 21. In John chapter 21, that's where many of us understand that Jesus restores Peter. Remember then, Jesus... He asked Peter a question. He says, Peter, do you love me more than these? Who are the these? Those other disciples that were with Peter when they went fishing. In other words, Jesus is saying, I have a personal relationship with every one of you. Have you guarded our relationship, Peter? To so, Jesus says, Verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Right? What does Jesus say according to your Bible? Feed my lambs, right? He, he asked him the second time. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. What does Jesus say to him? According to your Bible. Take care of my, what are lambs? Lambs are small sheep, right? They says, take care of my sheep. He asked him the third time and the Bible says, Peter was grieved. And what does he say to him? According to your Bible. Now, you see he used two types of words there. He used the word feed and he used the word take care or tend. Right? Now, the intention at this point is to try and make you aware what is actually the role of the shepherd because Jesus puts Peter in a shepherding role. 
ukuthike uwazi ukubona ukuthike yini umsebenzi kamelusi ngoba upetro usengomelusi Peter when he writes in 1 Peter chapter 5 he says I write to you as a fellow elder he says, as one who's an elder and a shepherd, I admonish you to shepherd, to tend. Where did he hear those words? We are told where he was told those words himself. And he says, when the chief shepherd comes, who's the chief shepherd? Jesus. How does Peter know that? In John chapter 10, it tells us that Jesus told them, I am the shepherd of the sheep. I lay down my life. Now, Peter understood the thinking of Jesus around shepherding from Jesus himself. Are you still there? Now, Jesus says, feed my lambs and feed my sheep. Let's start with the feed. He says, as you know those Greek words? Yes, Greek. You know those Greek words? The bokos. In other words, he says, bokos my lambs. What does bokos mean? It's not, it's not anything towards bo, boskop or bo, boko haram. No. This is what it means. And I'm saying this so that you and I Never again do we misunderstand each other about our roles. It means to graze, to take to the graze land. Who food is Exactly. Now here's a question. Now if I take the sheep for grazing, do I graze, I graze on their behalf? No. 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 I don't graze on their behalf. Okay. I'm sure you're gonna start you start hearing the problem. Why we start misunderstanding one another in the church. Our job is to feed you through the shepherding thinking to make to bring you to a grazing field. It's not to eat for you. I cannot read the word of God for you. I cannot live the word of God for you. Are you hearing? Okay. Then he uses another word. This one you are familiar with. When we are teaching on eldership. The word shepherd. Is translated boy man. Boy man. Boy But the word to tend. To take care. Derives. 
derived from that same word. Remember, he says, you are a shepherd, therefore you must shepherd. So the verb shepherding is poimana. Not imana. Poi. What does that word mean? It means to govern to rule to direct and to guide. Question. Does it mean to walk for the sheep? No. It means to guide the sheep where to walk but not to walk for them. Are you listening? These are simple things, right? You will see as we go that they, they are supposed to be that simple. Let's go to David. The same thinking is in the book of Psalm 23. Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, David says, The Lord is my poimen. Right? The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. The two are interrelated. Again, he says, the fact that I don't want is tied to the fact that I have a shepherd. Are you there? But, this David has been a shepherd of the sheep. You remember? Okay, let's go to, to um, Psalm 78. Let's go to Psalm 78. So we know that David himself shepherded the sheep. So when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, he speaks from a practical experience. I get yeah, that's a, that's a proper Zulu word. Spilio. Are you there, Bazalan? In second. Let's go to verse 72 of that. Okay, let's start it from 70. We are in Psalm 78, right? Verse 70. That's where we are. It says, he chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. So God called a shepherd of the sheep. Verse 71, he took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him a shepherd of Jacob's descendant. God's own people. So he, te- he took him from literal shepherding of the sheep. He put him in the authority, in governance as king of people. But the same word is used for his kingship. What is God saying? I want you to take a shepherding heart into your kingship. I don't want you to lord over. 
angfuna ukuthi ke uphathe abantu nje i want you to be a gracious shepherd ngifuna ukuthi ube umelusi now from that understanding David experiences shepherding from God. So, let's, so David is very clued up about the idea of shepherding, right? Let's go to our famous Psalm 23. You will follow it in your difficult English again. Me, I'm going to read it in the simple English. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. Now, I want you to observe something. According to your understanding in your Bible, ne? I want you to follow what the shepherd does. The first thing we hear is that the Lord is my, I shall not, he leads me, right? So, he leads me besides peaceful waters. He renews my strength. He guides me. Lead, guide. He guides me along right paths. Does he walk for me along those paths? He guides me so that I can walk through the paths of righteousness, right? For his name's sake. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are closed beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Did you hear? Your rod and your staff, they what? So I'm going to try and run ahead. Ne? I'm trying, I'm trusting that by God's grace. Whatever I'm going to say is going to settle in the context of this foundation. He says your rod and your staff, they do what? They comfort me, they strengthen, they protect me. Now, theologians have all kinds of debates. I don't want to get into those debates at this point. But here's the point. There is a rod and staff. You know that stuff has, it has a headish thing, a hook. So now, here's where the debate is. Which one is used for what? Others say they are used interchangeably. Others say this is specifically for this, this is specifically for this. I don't want you to be bothered by which one is used for what. 
I want you to know that the roles of those things are done either by one or by both. It doesn't matter. The understanding is that the rod is shorter. It is used for protection against wild animals and when the sheep or the rams are headbutting, they are fighting. It's used to separate them. The staff is used for self-support but it is also used to guide. It is also to hook those that are falling over the cliff. It is also used to pick up the ailing limbs. Are you there? So whether you you think it's the rod that does why it doesn't matter. So what I want you to hear is this. Both are involved in protection, in guidance, and in discipline. There is no shepherding that can properly biblically happen without the rod that secures me from the wolves but the same rod that brings discipline there is no shepherding that can properly happen without the staff that says no, 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 no you are going to fall off now the same stuff that guides me it hooks me from pro for protection when I'm off the cliff it hooks me back to the shepherd so you will have to figure out what is happening now is it the staff is it the rod Am I being? I don't know. All I can tell you is that thy rod and thy staff are the things that make me not fear when I walk through the valley. Because if I think I will fall, you will bring me back. If I'm losing my way, you will guide me back. And if there's an animal, you will fight on my behalf. And that's what elders do. But church members want elders who lead without any. You want us to lead with the word on. No, you need a rod and a staff. Otherwise, there's no order. Otherwise, the heart of shepherding is lost. So there's five responsibilities I want to put before you. So five categories. Is it? Today I want to talk about the other three. Number one, it's your responsibility towards God. Your daily life of covenant living with God. 
It is not our responsibility to live for God for you. I'm going to come to a few things now. Number two, Number two. is your, the responsibility for yourself. This talks about personal growth and maturity. If I don't eat for you, I cannot kulupal for you. Are you hearing that? If I don't eat for you, I cannot be full on your behalf. It is unfair for you to expect to eat and then I become the one who gets fed. It's not right. Are you there? We will unpack those things. Number three, it's your responsibility towards leadership. Where we have to talk about authority and submission. Who's in authority? Who has the rod of correction? Who is said as a shepherd? The last time I read the Bible, it says, as elders, shepherd the flock of God, which is under your care. Therefore, if the reading we've just done makes sense, it is not the sheep that has the rod and the staff. Are we still there? That was number one. Three. Number four is your responsibility towards one another as the church, as a community. Some of us, you make your responsibility towards one another a leadership responsibility. No, no, some of the things are not our responsibility. It's a Christian it's a believer's responsibility one to another. The, the, the last one would be your responsibility towards the world. Other people here believe it's others' responsibility to preach the gospel and theirs is to say Amen. Beautiful work. I think you have to decide whether you need a staff or you need a rod to show you you are out of order. Are you there, saints? Why am I telling you these things? Because surely goodness and mercy cannot follow where there is no rod and stuff. Because people are going to be deceived. In, 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 in Galatians 6, 7, it says, do not be deceived. 
mocked. God cannot be mocked. The version of the simple English. Let, let me let, let me I liked it when I read it in the in this simple English. It says in the simple English. Don't be misled. Remember that you cannot ignore God and get away with it. Simple English, isn't it? You cannot ignore God and hope to reap godly rewards. Are you there, saying? So, I'm stopping at this point. With these highlights that I want you to go and think about. We will preach them but I hope your, your, your heart will be settled. That it is for your good. It is for your protection, guidance, and direction that road and stuff are there. In Isaiah 43, God says, I have called you by name. I have created you for my glory. Your responsibility is to bring God glory. Mark 11, Jesus says, Come, all ye who are the king of heaven is inviting you. It is not my job to come on your behalf. It is your responsibility to go to him. Matthew 6 says, ask. It is not my job to ask for you. Because it says you shall be given. James says you do not have. Because you do not ask. Offer your bodies. I cannot offer your body on your behalf. Your act of worship, worshiping God is not my responsibility for you. It's your responsibility towards God. There's many things I want to get into about your responsibility towards God. But I, I really wanted to get to this one. Well, I can't leave it for next week. But I'm still going to repeat it next week. Have you read what Hebrews 17 says? You have not read. Let me read it in simple English again. So that next week when we come, it says, I'm talking about Responsibility towards leaders. No, they, the church is resp individual responsibility towards us as their leaders. It says, obey your leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. And they know that they are accountable to God. I love this version. 
Give them reason to do this joyfully and not with sorrow. Give them what? That would certainly not be to your benefit. I'm going to talk about honor your leaders, obey your leaders, pray for your leaders. Those are the things that say. So, let's leave it for next week. But the parting point is this. Sheep are not shepherds. Shall I want to submit it to you? If you can't handle the rod and the staff, which are for your good, and you feel the need to develop your own truth. Firstly, you are taking away the reason from leaders to do their jobs joyfully. You are not helpful. We are building did we offend you by that? <laughs> Didn't you say Luena you want the building? Are you not going to be in that building? Won't you be dancing and getting married in that building? When it rains, won't you be there? Why do you make it as if we are being oppressive to you? Why when why didn't you say, I don't want to be a part of a church where they are building? And do the walk away like others did. So if you are here, the eldership of this house are the authority over your life. We will not anymore Shepherd you with the word only. And if you have such expectation, go to another church. Because God cannot be mocked. We can't be held responsibly responsible for people who don't want to take responsibility. Let's stand up. Your heart is still okay, right? I love you. Luna, you are worshippers. You worship the Lord in truth. Can I just pray for your heart? Let me pray for your heart, right? So that you know. None of these things is personal. It's only because God loves us. And next week when I say things that you don't want to hear, Nothing is personal. I'm just trying to choose. Is it the staff for this one? The rod for that one? But it's going to be both. But I out of that, surely goodness and mercy 
shall follow you for the rest of your lives. Amen. Amen. So Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for these wonderful people, including myself. I'm wonderful as well, Lord. We, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. The enemy wants to confuse us, but we refuse to be confused. You are the God of order, and therefore, this order is not in your nature. You said when we come together, things must be done decently and in order. And we as a church, the foundation of pillar and pillar of truth have to walk truthfully and graciously. I pray that in this church once more, truth will be held high. Love will be held high. And that mutual honor is not an option but an obligation for us. That we know we love God and we love one another. And these commandments are not an option but an obligation. Let the joy of the Lord continue to overflow in our hearts because you if we receive correction, it's because you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God hands of praise. Amen.